The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Frick you, Caleb. Please don't include this in the recording. But Elkana said no. I love my wife. I'm going to give her double the portion, even though this costs $65 at the keg. <laughs> she's getting the steak and lobster. Elkana's a feminist. I know she's a girl boss. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> okay, welcome to the Second Rate Saints podcast. My name is Joshua, and I'm your host today. One of your hosts. Whoa. Whoa. To my left is... Uh, I am Colton. And to my left is... It's Josh. We're back here. Wow. Just the two of us. Just the two of us, Colton. This is our first time alone on the podcast. Oh. Also, a l- no... It's a good way of wording that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah this Josh. is also my first time hosting. I was just going to say that. Yeah. This is weird. I'm not normally the one that does this. I feel... uh particularly special today. Um, But I also have to tell you, I also have to do Joel's job, Mm -hmm. which is to tell you about social media. Mm -hmm. So Colton, we have Spotify account. Do we? We have a YouTube account. We have Instagram shorts and an Instagram account. I think we post fairly more regularly there now. Absolutely. Um, Um, Shorts have been a bit slower, but it's been, yeah, we've been keeping up. Life's been busy. School's been going on. It's been very busy. This is a this is a side business, not our full lives. So you know, um, but the yeah. So check out our YouTube videos. Check out our Spotify videos, uh, Spotify recordings, um, and like we don't have video yet mm-hmm. on YouTube, but we have the like recordings of the episodes and stuff like yep. that. Um, we're at like almost forty episodes now. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. We're almost two years into this thing. That's also pretty crazy. <laughs> You're right. Um, so check those out. Check out our website as well. We have a yes. wonderful website handcrafted by one of the members on this podcast named Caleb. Named Caleb, yeah. Um, we have done book reviews and we have a blog and it's great. There's a bunch, of stuff, a bunch of stuff there you should check out. Absolutely. Um, there's a chat feature if you want to send us messages or email us as well. Right? Absolutely. We love having conversation. The whole idea is having discussion and conversation and dialogue in the Christian worldview and we want our listeners to partake with us yeah. so, and so we will fa- respond. Oh, we, yeah, we, we really, really try to. Yeah. Some of my favorite conversations have been either jumped off from or include uh, comments on YouTube videos or emails mm-hmm. that we've been sent. Absolutely. Um, seriously engaging stuff, seriously intriguing, and we do try to respect and send back. We've, If you want to recommend us some books, that would also be great. Yeah. I've been recommended a couple, and they've all been very interesting. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. we have a book that you have read. I have, yes. What have you read? So this one is a very good book. I'm sure many people... Uh, who are listening might have actually read this one. Uh, the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. What happens? Um, Screwtape. I have no idea what that is. Have, What's Screwtape? Have, have you actually? No, I'm being facetious <laughs> oh, here. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you've <laughs> never read this one? No, I've read the book, but okay. what is, uh, is Screwtape and what are the letters? So 
um, the Screwtape Letters is a series of, uh, at least how C.S. Lewis uh, opens it, is that he's like, oh, I found these letters. They were written by demons. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, he, he wrote it himself. He didn't actually find demon letters, although yeah. that would be pretty sick. It's fictitious letter writing. And to be fair, if he did find letters from demons, I do think that it would not be too far off from what we got. <laughs> um, yeah. Essentially, there's this uh, this new demon. He's just fresh out of college. Literally, that's how he yeah. describes it. Um, he's put in charge of this guy who's supposedly fairly easy pickings called the yeah. patient. They don't actually give him a name. He's just yeah. a dude. He's a bridge dude. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a hierarchy of demons, and they get assigned to people similarly to a guardian angel, but, but yeah, uh, in the opposite. And the, much like how a guardian angel is trying to keep like keep demons away and pull them towards heaven and towards God's light, these ones are doing the opposite. They're trying. It's a the letters are written from by to Wormwood, this uh, younger demon, mm -hmm. by his uncle, who is like a super pro. He's done this a million times. Screw tape. Uh, that's why it's called the Screw Tape Letters. Mm -hmm. um, screw tape knows that he his nephew's gotten practically no training, so he gives him uh, these letters to help teach him how to tempt and lure people to the devil to, to, to honor their father below yes. as they call Satan the father below. Yes. Yeah. And they call uh, a low archy <laughs> and they call God the enemy, the enemy, but with a capital E because they still have to respect him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cause um, he's still the Lord. It, yeah. No, the, the book is fascinating. It's, it's you, you follow, it actually has a plot. It's not just, letters mm -hmm. about demons talking about people. It has a plot. This, this man slowly, he becomes a Christian and they're like, okay, well, even though he's a Christian, you can still do this. Make him think that he's better than everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's whatever he's getting better. Um, make him his mom. His mom sucks, which to be fair, yeah. she kind of does suck. Um, yeah. Film with rage. Hate her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well that didn't work. Um, make him sexually attracted to all these random people. Like yeah. all these people lure him towards them. Oh, he finds like an actual woman who's really good for him. Uh, and then God puts up an actual barrier so that they can't, um, they mm -hmm. can't hurt the patient. Yeah. Um, but they still try to find small ways to, mm -hmm. to, to hurt them because, you know, just because you're a Christian well, doesn't mean that you're temp templess. Yeah. And screw, screw tape him. Sorry. Uh, worm wood yeah. is making a mistake by getting this man to do extreme behaviors mm -hmm. where screw tape is saying, no, 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 no. just subtle. Yeah. It doesn't matter how subtle the sin is. It's still sin. Yep. If, uh, don't get the man to murder if cards can do the trick. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the idea it, of how we is very subtle. Yeah. yeah. No, no one, no one like the, one of the big thing, themes of the book is that no one just falls in one day. It's, it's these small temptings and small things that will lead them towards a life of sin that will take them away from heaven. The road to hell is a gradual one. Yes. Yeah. Um, and paved with good intentions, but that's the other, yeah. the other one. Uh, the book in the end, not to spoil too much, uh, screw tape, you know, he kind of gets a bit in trouble cause he says that God loves his creation, mm -hmm. um, which are the humans. And actually that's illegal in hell. You can't say that. Mm -hmm. So he like almost gets killed because of it. Um, yeah. It's really funny. And he's like, no, 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 I'm just saying that he acts like he loves them. Oh yeah. Like, because even in hell, they, they can't acknowledge the actual truth. Like that's one of the big things, but, yeah. um, it seems like their, their facetiousness and their, their, the, these rules they put on themselves because they just want to be better than it, than God it actually is part of their downfall. 
Um, the the story is not a sad one. It is not just demons talking about how mm-hmm. to twist someone into evil. Although, it, I mean, it's a great tale about yeah. how you should be watching out for temptation and stuff like that. Yeah. But there is like, you know, it has a good ending in my It has opinion. a very good ending. It's it's a story about temptation, like you said. It's also a story about obedience. It is. Because, like you said, it's not a bad ending. We don't want to spoil it, mm-hmm. but it's not a bad ending. Um, and there's another story in the Bible mm-hmm. that's very much about obedience as one that's of its true. themes. And that's 1 Samuel. Yes. 1 Samuel is a story... Just to like intro to our topic, we're talking about First Samuel. Wow. We're starting a series on First Samuel following our Ruth series. Right after Ruth, yeah. Right after Ruth. Probably it's, written by the same person. Yep, definitely. Am and, I allowed to say probably with this one? You know, Colton, I don't think either of us know enough about this topic. That's fair. To, <laughs> to, Caleb's going to yell at me later. Yeah, he's going to yell at both of us. Just kidding, um, Caleb, I love you. Also, Caleb doesn't yell at us. Uh, we have group discussions about these topics. And I kind of led the research for this topic today, mm-hmm. um, which is fine because everybody, like we have different seasons in our lives on this podcast and the listeners should know that, you know, we're not all able to be here for these episodes all the time. Yep. People are busy. We miss the other three members. We miss it's them just a two lot. Of us right now. But Joel, that's why we have five of us. Caleb so we can do and this. Stuart. Yep. They so, all couldn't be here today. They were sad about it. We're sad about it. But... The podcast must go on. Mm-hmm. So what are some, we're going to be covering Samuel for a while. Um, yep. Cause it's a first Samuel and second Samuel are big books. Chunky. Chunky. Um, and some themes that we're like following throughout these books is kingship, obedience, and anointing. Mm. And there's some other themes going on, but it's, it's specifically how God relates into each of these. God is the one that brings the king for Israel. He's the one that appoints kings. Um, he's the one that anoints and he's the one that everybody obeys or disobeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of obvious, but first Samuel is one of the things that you should see in first Samuel is it's very for King and very against Kings. The idea right. of kingship, um, mostly against kingship there's a lot of warnings about kingship. Israel mm-hmm. wants a king. Uh, they've just, they're at the end of the judges era, like we mentioned in the Ruth mm-hmm. book. Um, and they want some stability. They want all a king. the other nations have kings. All the other nations have kings. And with that comes armies and walled cities and prestige and blessing yep. and awesomeness. But it also comes indentured servitude. <laughs> it comes with indentured servitude. Your sons are going to go to war in taxes. Yep. And everyone hates taxes. Everyone, everyone hates taxes, except for bad kings. That's, that's true. And that's that's why there's a lot of bad kings. That's why they're king though. They they don't have to pay taxes. Exactly. Um, Or yeah. So you've got that theme and you've got obedience. There's a lot of discussion on different kings being super disobedient Mm -hmm. and another king being very obedient. You've also got a prophet and a priesthood that are, you got a priesthood that's very disobedient and yes. you've got a prophet that's very obedient. Yes. Um, and the Lord is the one that anoints his leaders, mm-hmm. even if they're bad. 
And when we get into the differences between Saul and David, mm-hmm. whenever we do, yeah. the, the obedience part plays a big part into mm-hmm. their dynamic. Absolutely. David is the fairly oh. obedient <laughs> king, and, and yeah. Saul is the fairly disobedient king. Yeah. And we learn about faithfulness. I should yes. probably should have added that to the to the themes, because um, faithfulness seems to be a that is very true theme yeah. everywhere in the Bible for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but faithfulness is similar to obedience, except that uh, faithfulness, like with obedience, you have adherence to the law, obeying God, doing what's right when is right when right. He says to. Faithfulness is. In the in God's sense, He never fails. Mm. He always provides. He does what's good and beneficial for His people. Um, but for humans, because we're sinful, David, as a counter to Saul, is faithful in heart mm-hmm. for God. Man after God's own heart. Man after God's own heart, even when he is sinful. Right. Like not when he's sinful, he's being faithful, but as a course in his life, he is faithful to God, but he doesn't always obey. Right. Whereas Saul sometimes obeys, but isn't faithful. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see the interplay between those two ideas. Um, but we open up Samuel without Samuel and without David and without Saul. Yeah. No, no good. Sammy G. No, none of them. No good. Sammy of God. <laughs> That, that was awful. Thank you. But I also loved it. Um, we open up very similar to Ruth with a family. Um, we open up with a man named Elkanah, who's the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf. 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 Great right. name. Um, and he has two wives. Yes. One named Hannah and one named Penina. Mm-hmm. Um, Panini, Panina, mm-hmm. how dare you? I mean, actually, she. I, is I don't of like a, her. She's kind of yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Panini. We're calling her Panini for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Panini has no child. Panini has children. Mm-hmm. Hannah has no children. Yep, she's barren. She is childless. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn more about that. But e, uh, Elkanah has two wives. One has children. One does not. Hannah's name means grace. Yes. Just interested nice me. Nice little theme. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, now, what's cool about Elkanah is, you're going to learn this very quickly, he's the greatest husband on planet Earth. Seems to be. Sorry, Especially he's for- not on planet Earth anymore. He's dead. Yeah, but- I was going to... Well, it's not like he was beamed into space or something, but... <laughs> Yeah, his body's still here somewhere. Um, but Elkanah is a great husband. Mm. Because so every year they go up, as the story goes, to Shiloh where the tabernacle is. Mm-hmm. And they worship and offer sacrifices to the Lord. What's interesting I found, Colton, is this probably isn't the yearly festivals that they're going up for. Okay. Because it doesn't mention other people. It doesn't. No. And it doesn't mention the festivals. No. Not with not with this one, no. No. And the shared meal of meat um, is interesting because those are rare meat. in that time. 
shared meals of meat. Yeah. Um, the reason for that is because a lot of meat is rare used for sacrifices used for like farming, like agriculture for like, Mm -hmm. like getting like milk and stuff like that. And you don't want to kill them. And there's always that phrase, you know, with other parables where it's like kill the fattened calf for a big celebration, right? We're celebrating with everybody today. Um, because of some great momentous thing, nobody's killing a fattened calf for a Tuesday. Right. And that's because meat in a meal was rare because mm-hmm. it was very, it wasn't, you didn't want to waste it on just a Tuesday. No, it's, it's been a while since mm-hmm. I've read Deuteronomy. Yeah. Is there, cause it does cover all, I think six different types of uh, sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Is there a sacrifice where it's shared with the people that isn't on the holidays? Yes. That is meat. Fellowship offerings. Right. Which, which is which is an offering for sharing. Okay. Fellowship. So like um theologically that would be like spending time with God, like fellowshipping mm-hmm. with the same description used for like when the church is together and enjoying right. each other's presence and with God. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's not a festival, it's not anything. It's they Elkanah and his family go up once a year because they're particularly faithful, right? Obedient. Uh, he's pious. Um, and he goes up and they, every year, he's a good man. You know, he's going outside of the expected limits of faith, right? Of the law going the extra mile. Mm -hmm. Right. And because of that, he gets this meal, which sociologically would be the equivalent of like today's Turkey dinner. Like it's right. a, it's a big deal. Maybe, maybe even more than that. Cause of how definitely more. Yeah, definitely more. Like think about that one Thanksgiving that was just better than everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. The family was happy. Everything was good. You know, everybody's sitting around. You're a kid. It's great. It's your, you're having a steak dinner at the keg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, expensive, we, uh, but you know, it's great. It's good. Yeah. Um, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they do this once a year. And so he would share with his family, the sacrifice, not just give it to the priesthood, which was normal. Yep. Um, and he would give a double portion to Hannah, even mm-hmm. though she had no kids. Now, when I read this, I did have confusion. Sorry. Yeah. But I did have confusion because he does give the double portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't remember for the life of me if that was something you couldn't do. Mm. Like what do you mean if, by that? If it was... Uh, because, you know, there's specific portions given out to the Levites for any sacrifice and stuff like that, or for most sacrifices. Um, but I didn't know if there was for the different members of the people. Can mm-hmm. Eli, Eli, no, wrong <laughs> character. Yep. Can Elkanah, Elkanah, can he give Elki? I, I'm sorry, I'm bad with names. We're calling him Elki. Oh, jeez. Panini, Panini, Elki, and Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Can he do that? Is that is that permissible by law? Yes, specifically with a fellowship offering. Okay. So most offerings, you would give the portions of the meat of the sacrifice mm-hmm. to the priesthood. That was the point. That's how they got food because the Levites didn't have land. They okay. lived in certain cities in each um, tribe. Yep. And so they were given what the the 
production of the sacrifice was. Yeah. The tithe went to them. Well, it's, it's from what I, I read, um, Elkanah himself was probably a Levite who's living in the lands of Ephraim. Mm-hmm. So, but when it says he's an Ephraimite, yeah. does this lean to his piety kind of yes. lifestyle a little bit? Yes. Um, however, priest, the there's an interesting, from what I saw, there was an, there's an interesting, uh, so to get into it, there's a, there's an interesting issue potentially with where he's from. Right. So the two places in the beginning of chapter one, it says he's from Rama Thames Zophim in the hill country of Ephraim. Mm-hmm. But in verse 19, it says they rose up early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house in Rama. Hmm. And Rama is in uh, Bethlehem, near Bethlehem. Right. So that's... Is that one of the Levitical cities? Potentially. Hmm. But what's interesting is Rama Thame Zophim. So that's in Ephraim. Mm-hmm. Rama's in Bethlehem, which means it's in Benjamin. Okay. Um, so two different places. That's not a problem. They're both 15 kilometers from Shiloh. Okay. So they're the same distance, either north or west. Um, Rama fame is also becomes in the New Testament, the city of Arimathea. Okay. Where, where Joseph is from. Where Joseph not- of Arimathea, who buries Jesus. Right. Um, and you can even see that if you just add an A to Rama fame. It's Aramathame. Right. Okay. That makes Arimathea, sense. but with the Greek ending the rather Greek-ish, than the yeah. uh, uh, Hebrew. Hebrew ending. And so it's it's close enough. So you're just like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then Rama is, uh, I want to, I'm so wrong. I believe Rama is a place. I, I believe it is a place, yes. Uh, associated with barrenness. Oh. Um, Rama in the Bible. Height. Because I was... Is Rama mentioned in... Yeah, a voice crying out from Rama when all the children are killed. Oh. Um, less to do with barrenness and more about child murder. Dead, dead children. A voice was heard in Rama, Matthew two eighteen. Um, okay. Weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for That's her children. Rachel. She ref- yeah, she refuses to be comforted because they are no more. Oh. Um, so there's an association with Rama and not having children. Hmm. But in this case, it would be the death of children already born mm-hmm. and an Hannah's case, it's not having children at all. Right. God has closed her womb. God has closed her womb. Um, and so that's interesting. So there's, an, there's a relationship between Arimathea, the place where a child of God or Mary's child is killed and buried, and Rama, the place where when Jesus is born, children are killed and there's a loud lamentation of mothers um, right. because of the death of their children. Okay. And Hannah is from both places. Right. Very, there's a very interesting connection there. Okay. Dead children. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
of course, this is Samuel. This is before Jesus. So yeah, intentional? whatever. No, intentional. That's neat. It's Probably neat. not by the author, but maybe by God. Mm-hmm. But yep, that's how you see <laughs> inspiration of scripture. Sure. Um, but yep. uh, yes, they're feasting. Yes, feast, feast, feast. Uh, they're feasting here. Uh, my favorite wife. Yeah, I love you. Have two two feasts. Have two, not just one. Because I love you specifically. And why is why does he give it to her? Because she has no kids, and she's very sad. She is weeping. Yeah, and again, Panini. That's why we're calling her Panini. Yeah, she just torments her. She torments does Hannah over and over about it. She tort and there's a specific line yeah. which is very sad. Um, let me find it here. It says, um, you can, uh, obviously cut this out, Stuart. Yes. It says, okay. So it specifically says, yeah. Um, but to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her though. The, even though the Lord had closed her womb, Mm. uh, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So for the same reason, Pania bugs her mm. for that reason. Okana El- loves her. Like despite that thing. Okay. Yeah. Right. Cause it says, it's Elkanah, not because she's barren that he loves her. No, 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 no. But it's even though she's barren, mm-hmm. he gives her a double portion. Yes. And Pania, like the way it's written is, and Pania vexes her humiliates her because she is barren. It's the same yes. relationship. But why 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 would this be acceptable? Why why is it yeah. okay to torment a woman slash say that God closed her womb as a like why is this such a thing that could be made fun of for? Yeah, what's why does it the matter problem? so much? Well and there's a number one thing in that culture, you were considered cursed by God. Exactly, or yeah. the gods. Uh if you could not produce children. Yep. Well, one one of the interesting connections, at least I, I thought I mm-hmm. saw, um, even in research, is that this is the inverse of what happens with Rachel yeah. and, uh, and Leah. And Leah, Leah is mm-hmm. ble- um, because um, Leah is more faithful. Um, God gives her more children, whereas Rachel less so. Yeah, <laughs> and they have a so. going back and forth and humiliating each other yep. and getting each other angry and trying to get the favor of Jacob to have more kids. And yep. because Leah is le- loved less by God, um, by mm-hmm. Joseph love more or not Joseph by Jacob. Yeah. God blesses her more. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, childbearing kind of really important in this culture. Very important. Um, actually in most cultures, but yeah, this one specifically. And there's another thing. If a woman does not have children or if a family does not have children, mm. um, she will not be taken care of in her old age. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, is there any other stories in the Bible where that <laughs> happens? Uh, yes, we just covered it, Colton. It's oh, called yeah. the story of Ruth, right? Um, which is important for why Ruth is so courageous in going with Naomi because they don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, no one takes care of them. Naomi's kids are dead, which means Ruth's husband's dead mm-hmm. and they never had kids. Um, and so nobody's going to take care of them. So Ruth takes care of Naomi, which means Ruth will die alone. Yep. But luckily Boaz shows up is also in contending for being the greatest husband ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why all the youth groups, you know, they use like, you got to find your Boaz. You got to find your Ruth. Yeah, exactly. You have any youth pastors tell you, 
tell you no. that? Really? No. Oh, I had it. I've had it happen like <laughs> eight times. We have very different youth group experiences. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So there's a there's a there's a huge bitterness in not having children, and there's a huge uh, there's a huge problem just practically. You mm-hmm. won't be taken care of. And Elkanah tries to console his wife. Yep. He tells her, hey, it's okay. Am I not worth more to you than 10 sons? What a, Aww. right? Like, and according to the laws, according to everything, he has in the culture, he has the right to abandon her. Mm-hmm. She's not provided children. Yep. She's seemingly cursed by God. Seemingly cursed by God. He, not, he but... can, she's of lower status. He can discard her. He can mm-hmm. cease communicating with her. He can divorce it happens her. happens a lot. Happens a lot. In that culture, it happens. But Elkanah said, no, mm. I love my wife. I'm going to give her double the portion, even though this costs $65 at the keg. Exactly. One steak. <laughs> I'm giving her two. I'm giving her two. She's getting the steak and lobster. Penny is only getting oh the my steak. Gosh. Frick Panini. <laughs> um, and you could also argue that Panini, Pania, <laughs> Panini, Pania is also not getting a double portion because yep. she has sons. Right. Like because she has something that can provide for her later on in life. Mm. And so there's like a basically yeah. like he's giving her stuff now right. because she won't have it at some point. Um, either way, Okana, great man. He's a pious, great man. potentially Levite, but obedient more than obedient goes the extra mile mm-hmm. right does yearly sacrifices even though he doesn't have to provides for his wife and their kids and loves the wife who legally he has every right to abandon but does not beautiful yes um so hannah is bitterly bitterly weeping yes near the tabernacle she refuses to eat she refuses to eat despite giving the she's extra so portion sad. Yeah. she's on her knees and she's doing the ugly crying where you're voicing your words, but no words are coming out mm-hmm. as it is described. Well, imagine if you feel like your entire, again, this is mostly mm-hmm. the culture, your entire life's purpose in yeah. this culture is to bear children. Essentially yep. as the man's is to uh, provide for his wife. Yeah. Um, so if the man can't provide for his wife, he's going to feel useless. If the woman can't provide mm-hmm. children, she's worthless. Um, yeah. And so it feels feel, that way. Feel again, yeah. not yeah. that way, but as you know, because as other, Al kind of says, you're not worthless to me. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's not about, it's not about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, uh, there Al-Kana's is this, a feminist. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> he doesn't see women's, he doesn't see yeah, the woman's value as her having kids. I know she's a girl boss. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. <laughs> No. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. She feels awful about it. And awful. like, imagine if someone came up to you and it's like the, the whole, like you just, you love this person so much yeah. and you feel like your whole existence is somewhat worthless. Yeah. You're, you're, she's like bitterly depressed to the point of not eating. Yeah. Because, you know, she loves her husband. He loves her back, obviously. And, you know, she's not doing, quote unquote, doing her job. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, she feels so bad about it that she goes to the tabernacle. Yeah. Right. Yep. She goes to, so the, she goes, she, she rises and she goes and prays. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. 
Mm-hmm. And the word used there in some is she's vexed and anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same word vexed is the same word to describe what Pania is doing to her. Okay. So she's vexing Hannah and mm-hmm. now Hannah feels. So it's working. It's working. <laughs> yeah. It, it cuts deep because Pania has it all. Yeah. She's bullying her. <laughs> it's horrible. With a name like Panini, how could you bully someone? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so she prays bitterly, but she's doing so with... Uh, she's... It says that Hannah was speaking in her heart, only mm-hmm. her lips were moving, mm-hmm. and her voice was not heard. So she's on her knees, she's praying continuously, and... Eli the priest, beautiful prayer. And what she prays is this, O Lord of hosts. And okay, think about this, right? Picture wise, she is considered cursed by God Mm -hmm. and she's praying to him. Yep. And she prays this. A desperate prayer. Yeah. O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor razor shall touch his head. Mm -hmm. There's many, many, many things going on. Many things. But before we can even get to that, Eli's just like, what are you doing, woman? Yeah, you drunk. Get out of here because he sees... Okay, listen. He's a bad priest. Not... He's a bad priest later on and we'll see. God Mm. completely rejects Eli um, as high priest. Right. But I think here it's also showing he's bad. I agree. That, yeah. Because how can you not see the difference? And I could be betraying my my lack of knowledge here. It could be because he's old, as it describes, and he yep. could be going blind. Oh, he does later. So, yeah. Um, but how could you confuse a woman who is bitterly crying with bitterly crying. weeping? Yeah, with someone who's like half in, half out, drunk talking without words yeah, to, to um, for his credit mm-hmm. the way I've imagined it if he's going to think she's drunk she's probably crying leaning on things stumbling over yeah. falling to her knees um, like in anguish and mer- mm-hmm. like you know as someone would do in front of an altar at a youth mm-hmm. conference or something like that yeah um, but uh, it goes to show that his nearsightedness his his it's not like oh he's not really doing his duty for God because he does he does bless Hannah yeah but it there is this intense lack of wisdom and nearsightedness yeah that comes with this this specific it's yep. kind of priming you for what happens in the next chapter yeah with how he's it's, not a great father either or his least. sons are not good people no no um, but Hannah's prayer specifically touches on a few ideas right mm-hmm. you will in uh, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant mm-hmm. and remember me. That's an interesting phrase because we talked about Jonah and in his prayer, he says, remember me. Mm-hmm. I'll be sorry. I will remember the Lord, but there's a, the importance is not that he remembers the Lord, but that the Lord remembered Jonah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the story of Noah, if you remember it, we've talked about the chiasm structure before, mm-hmm. Um, the central note in the whole story of Noah is God remembered Noah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with Israel when they're in captivity in Egypt. God remembered Israel. 
Yep. Uh, right. During the judges, the reign of the judges. In a story of huge affliction, near death, you're in the deep, you're mm. being destroyed. And in most of those cases, it's a cataclysm brought by God. Oh, yeah. Just like in Hannah's case. Mm-hmm. Right? She's cursed by God. Mm-hmm. So, quote, so to quote, speak. Unquote, yep. Quote, unquote. Right? Well, she's supposedly born barren. Yeah. Or she's um, just super duper old, but yeah. And Hannah's saying, "Remember me." She's invoking that same spirit, mm-hmm. that same ideal. I am inflicted. I am afflicted by God, so to speak. I'm in this horrible place. Please, may I have a son? And because you have given me a son, I will give him to you for the rest of his life. Yep, the, the son is not even for her own sake. No. Not to take care of herself. No. The son will be dedicated to God to God yeah. himself. As I'll die Nazarene. alone, yeah. but just being able to have a kid, right, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not cursed. Um, and specifically, there's that ending, the razor shall not touch his head. Mm-hmm. Colton, what's going on there? Wow, there's... Um, <laughs> for astute audience members uh the yeah. end of judges ends with the best of the judges yes. superman the, the original superman samson hercules himself. yeah um there was this idea of the Na- nazarite yes the nazarite vow thank you yes yeah uh, the nazarite this um this man who is dedicated to god yeah like as normally a servant. normally it was for small periods of time mm-hmm. anyone could take the vow and it'd be like for like 30 days i'm not gonna cut my hair right drink heavy drink or touch a dead body. Right. But it was like, it's a big, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, but for like specific time periods, mm-hmm. but not with Samson. No, it's his, his whole entire life. life. And God will be with the spirit will be with him. Yeah. As long as he keeps that vow in which he doesn't, but, but, but God is faithful. God is faithful. And yeah. he still uses Samson, even though he failed. But yeah, now we're seeing a repeat of that. Yes. With, with, uh, what will be known as Samuel. Spoilers. <laughs> the book's about Samuel, okay? Yeah. The um, book is about Samuel. Not about Hannah, although, mm-hmm. you know, but Hannah's a great, good character. Yeah. Um, Samuel will be dedicated as a Nazarite to God for his life. Yeah. A, a razor will not touch his head. He will not touch a dead body implicitly, and he will not drink wine implicitly. Yeah. But yeah, except for maybe razor will not cut his head. Do you, do you think that the um the other two are not included because he has to he'll, he'll be dedicated as a priest later on? Probably. I mean, it would make sense. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, I mean, again, I'm stretching. But what's interesting is uh, people focus on the hair mm-hmm. in the Samson story, mm-hmm. but it's not just the hair. It's it's he doesn't lose his strength because he cuts his hair. He loses he his strength because three. that's the last of the three requirements yes. that he breaks. Yeah. He drinks the wine in his wedding. He, uh, he touches the dead carcasses uh, yeah. multiple times. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but specifically with the dead lion. Um, yeah. And yeah, but Samuel doesn't do that. He's like the only Nazarene, I think, <laughs> in the... Um, Every... Yeah, he's the only Nazarite that takes the right. vow in the stories that are presented that doesn't break it. Yeah. Other than... Jesus, there's one notation that he's a, um, a he? ne- yeah, because there's there's a there's a phrase where he he's from Nazareth, mm. and it calls him a Nazarene, right? But not as someone from Nazareth. 
Okay. Um, there's there's a specific ending there. It's as if he's dedicated to God right. in that sense. In a less literal, but more like the idea of it. The idea of him being a Nazarite. But yeah. he, again, he touches dead he revives dead people all the time. Does he touch dead bodies or does he touch live bodies? He touched it. It depends on how you want to do that. Yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just messing. <laughs> um, the Nazarite vow. Mm. So yeah, so he's he's dedicated to God for life. Mm. There's another added interesting thing here. Right. Um, this is very similar to a thing that God undid in Israelite culture. Um. So initially the firstborn son in other ancient Near Eastern cultures would be given to the God as a priest. Right. When the Israelites exit Egypt, that was the plan. He says the firstborn child belongs to me, Hmm. but the Levites will replace them. Right. So they will be my priesthood, not the firstborn son of every family. Interesting. Um, Which is a reversal. And he calls them redeemed. Hmm. Right, which goes back to Ruth, the mm-hmm. redeeming. Right. What's interesting here is this is an undoing, God's undoing of in the other cultures of offering your kids to the gods, also child sacrifice, of sacrificing the first child to get land provision or mm-hmm. more children. Um and so God undid that. He doesn't want that to happen. That's evil. He specifically notes that in the law. Do not ever sacrifice yes, a child. It's kind of a big deal. You know? Do not ever. Specifically names the God Moloch, the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly evil. It's no one really even wrong. likes him. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so weird how it became like one of the most dominant religions of the time. Ugh, it's awful. It's awful. I hate it. Yeah, um, good thing God doesn't sacrifice children, except yes. Isaac. And so, and his son, but and his own son. Never mind. <laughs> um, but what God is doing is He undoes that, and she yes. is making a vow that she will offer her son to the God, to God. Mm. She will give her son as part of that vow and an actual sacrifice. They bring a bowl, uh, flour, and wine as part of the sacrifice. When in at the end of the chapter, when they bring Samuel. Yeah, that's after he's born, right? Yeah. Yeah. But first, she's just praying. She's like, God, please, I'll offer my son to you. Take him, right? I just, this is horrible. I'm cursed. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want this anymore. Um, God and, remembered her. And God remembered her. Mm-hmm. Boom. The, the classic the line. Mic, mic drop. Mic drop. I would drop the mic. Um, Cole but before head. he does that... Uh, uh, he's she so Eli goes up to her and she's like hey drop that drink stop mm. drinking you're drunk get out of here mm. how dare you you know be drunk around the at tabernacle the temp- at the temple or yeah. the tabernacle at this point yeah and she says no my lord I am a woman troubled in spirit I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink nor I have been poured out but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as worthless woman for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation Yes. What Panina, Panina has done to her. Then Eli answered, go in peace. And the God of Israel grants your petition that you have made to him. Mm-hmm. So wow, Eli actually does something good. Wow. Does something good. He is better than his sons, but not uh, by much. Yeah, but like that's not really, a good, that's not really hard. <laughs> You're right. Um, 
And so she says, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate. Mm. She finally eats. And her face was no longer sad. Aw. Because, yes, it it does describe her as being downtrodden, her face Mm -hmm. sullen, um, downcast, I think is the word they use. Yep. Um, And this is, it's no longer downcast. She she has hope. Mm -hmm. And so they rose early in the morning. They worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house in Ramah, that other place. Mm -hmm. And Elkanah knew his, Hannah, his wife, Mm -hmm. which is that Mm -hmm. Hebrew sexual innuendo telling you that they... He knew eyebrows raised. Yes. Um, And and the Lord remembered her. Mm. Just like Noah, just like Jonah, just like the Israelites, when in these horrible times, God remembers her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel. Beautiful. Wow. What does, Sam, what does Samuel mean? Samuel means uh, his name is El. It's Shemuel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought it was. Um, uh, he heard me. Um. That's so. God, like God hears, or because uh, Shem is the name. Is like the word name. This is why Google exists. <laughs> Do it. Sorry. Do it. You you continue. No no no. This is good. Um, now it might be both because Hebrew does do this sometimes it has dual meanings what I mean by that is like it'll have contrary meanings God has heard God has heard yeah or or the name of God it's yeah. one of the two yeah um, in this case probably means well he I, heard. it's probably both what I mean by that is Definitely God heard. He remembered, mm. right? It's declaring God's faithfulness mm. to his promise, right? What he actually did in this moment. But it's also a dedication of Samuel's future faithfulness. Right. Like his name is God. Samuel continuously throughout his life in okay. times of opposition against Saul, against mm. Dave, uh, other Israel's unfaithfulness saw Samuel continuously affirms God yes. and obeys God. Yes. Um, and so I think it's very fed up with other people for not doing so too. It's very yeah. fun. He's, he's very Gandalf like he is. And everyone <laughs> else is, is Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Saul would be Boromir. Oh, geez. That's a very good like comparison. And then Aragorn yeah. is David. Yeah. 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 The good King versus the bad steward. Sure. Yeah. In the place of the king. I still picture the moles Pippin. Because he right. beats them with the, his staff. The you know? staff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So she has a son. Mm-hmm. Um, and so next year, the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice to pay his vows. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hannah did not go up. Um, because... Uh, she said to her husband, he's not weaned yet. He needs to be weaned mm-hmm. off. So I need to spend the necessary time to him. And then I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, and Elkanah, still waiting the best award for best husband. Uh, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. Yes. Take your time. It's very nice. Get <laughs> husband know, of the year. Like, like we're gonna we're gonna obey God one way or the other. 
you know, take the time. You're a mother now. Mm-hmm. Do what you need to do. Great. Yeah. There's no, like, she finally got the kid and then he's like, hey, we got to obey. It's funny because in, in the Old Testament and even the New Testament, you get, like, the, the couples who have a kid. And one of them's usually less good than the other one. One's the yeah. faithful one, one's the less faithful. But both of them seem pretty good. Yeah. And then there's no mention of Panina. No. Nope. For the rest of the book. She's only there for the to rest be of the book. for the, for the, um, I'm scanning the rest of the page. She's mentioned in like Passing. otherness. Like it says like, and his household went up. Right. But, uh, she is not mentioned by name, nor is like the other wife. Um, yeah. Alcana went home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she has a kid. They go back up again to the temple. Uh, and it says when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine. She brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh and the child was young. Uh, post weaning age is like between two and three. Yes. Very young. Um, because she dedicated him to like, the Lord. Yeah. Toddler. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting is that three-year-old bull word. Mm-hmm. It also could mean three bulls. I've seen three bowls because an Ephna is also, I think, three portions of flour and a skin of wine is three portions of wine. Yes. Yes. Which is interesting because they're only required to bring one of each. And so again, three times, three times, Elkanah and Hannah, best couple award in the Bible. Yep. Very. (laughs) Yeah. Pious, right? God did this great thing. We, we, we show up extra Mm -hmm. in the year. To praise the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Because he's great. To have a family celebration, right? And then when we honor our vows, we do it three times, the actual promise. Yep. Also, it, it follows the trend, in especially the Old Testament, mm-hmm. when God is faithful towards his servants, that they they give something to him in return. Yeah. And, and more so than what uh, the baseline would be. So like with yeah. Abraham, you have the 10 times, and that's tithing. Yes. 10%. And he gives, yeah. and God attributed him... As righteousness. Yeah, um, absolutely. And here you have three. It's not quite as good as Abraham, but you know, it's, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then they s- sacrifice the cow and stuff like that. And she goes up to Eli and gives him the portion of the meat mm-hmm. and the stuff. And she says, oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord for this child. I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. Mm-hmm. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Yes. Yeah. That is the origin story of Samuel. Samuel. The, pro- um, the prophet, you know, that the books are about first and second Samuel. Yeah. Great guy. His well, sons most, also don't end up well, but, um, yeah. but he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, but she honors, the vow mm-hmm. and people are like, Oh wow. She has to give up her son. Mm. Right. But She's she gave, only 15 kilometers away. Her, yeah. She also, yes, that is true. <laughs> also the whole point of the story is she never really had him to begin with. It was God's God before she even had him. And she'll see him every year Yeah, and every year at the festivals. Yeah. And so like, and again, 15 kilometers away. <laughs> yeah. So like she's still in his life. It's not like she moved to the other side of Israel. Even um, still, that's not too, too far. And they yeah. still have to come back every once in a while anyway. Exactly. So they're going to be there. He's going to know her. Um, 
But Hannah's not done. Mm-hmm. Hannah has... I think this is the longest prayer until some... I want to say... Uh, Shlo- What's his name? I can only remember Shlomo, which is the Hebrew name. Solomon? Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shlomo, which, if you didn't know, is the Hebrew for Solomon. Yes, and Shemuel is... Yep. Shemuel. Uh, Shemuel. Yeah. Um, but well, Solomon you also have Moses' the- prayer, which is right. like a page or two. When? At the uh, end of Deuteronomy. Uh, is that the one where he gives the blessings and the curses? No. Oh, um, right before he dies. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy, Moses' Dang. final blessing. That's what I get for going off script. <laughs> no, no, no. But like between there, there's not that many. No. Like there and then Samuel. Like that's that's a few books. Oh, fair enough. Um. But she says some great stuff about God. Yes. So should I just, do we just want to read it out? Sure. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you read it. All right. This is the beginning of chapter two um, until about uh, verse 11. Mm -hmm. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. Um, Horn here represents strength. Mm-hmm. That, that's me interjecting. That's not part of it. Um, <laughs> my mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more, talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the God is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, or bows of the mighty are bro- broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren have borne seven, but she who had many children is forlorn. Frick you, Panini. (laughs) It doesn't say that either. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with the princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on him, them he has set the world. He will guard on the feet, his, the feet of his faithful ones, but, on the wicked he will be, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then hmm. Elkanah went to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, the priest. And that's hmm. how it ends. Yes. Yeah. So what's your takeaway in reading that? Um, so I will admit most of my research did not have to do with the prayer. Mm-hmm. Is this talking about Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean. There's a lot. There's a lot of connections between. There's them. a connection or two. Um, yeah, yeah, you're definitely right there. Salvation, bread of life, pillars of the earth, beyond. Like, yeah, um, uh, he will judge the ends of the earth. His king has anointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he will guard the feet of the faithful ones, which was one of the temptations of Satan. Yep. Uh, fall for the angels will not let yes. your feet be harmed. Right. For God will protect his faithful ones. Yeah. Uh, he will judge and give strength to his king. Yeah. Right. So. 
you've got a lot of connections, but what is the theme that runs through? She has like a manner in which she speaks the whole time. Well, she, she says something about the God, about God, what he does every single time. And it's the same thing. She just replaces the ideas. Well, he provides, he provides, but there's a, this is our specific word we're looking for. No, 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 no. It's a, what God does in each of these things. Exalts. Yeah. But it's, it's uh so there's, he does something. Oh, he raises and he, he lowers. Yeah. But it, but specifically he lowers first. In, in all of those cases, it's, he kills yes, and right. then raises up. Yes. He makes poor and then he. He makes rich. He makes yeah. rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises yeah. up the poor from the dust. Yeah. Leads the needy from the, the ash heap to make them sit with princes. Yeah. Um, but it's the bad thing happens first. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with her. He made her barren. Right. And then he gave her a child. Yes. Right. He brought Jonah to the, to the deep and then he raised him up. He brought Israel to Egypt and then he pulled them out. Um, and it's, and what's interesting is the good gets the final word. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end bad. It, it, it's, it starts bad and then it gets better. Mm-hmm. And the bad thing is a judgment or a bringing low for a good reason. Mm-hmm. And then he brings up. And this is one of those passages that people use for resurrection hope. Yes. Is because specifically it's he kills and brings to life. Yep. He brings down to Sheol, Sheol and, and he raises up. Yep. And what's interesting is in those phrases linguistically, it's the thing he kills that he gives life to. Yes. And it's the thing that he brings down to Sheol that he brings up. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yes. Her Jesus. prayer is actually like very interesting. Yeah. Because yes, it is talking about her bareness and how she's so grateful to God for him doing this, this lowering and then raising this, I like this horrible thing, but God has made great. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing she uses specifically to, t- um, to do it, to me is strange. I guess we already talked about the whole, you know, sort of Jesus connections, maybe Mm -hmm. potentially, I don't know. Um, But why do you think it talks about things like raising or bringing to Sheol and raising up from the dead or the, the King, um, uh, his anointed, his King who will judge Mm -hmm. like when, or he will judge and he will raise his King. Like when, when it talks about these things, why specifically these things? Yeah, when they don't have a king yet, why is it talking I about know, a king? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think historically the author is making, as we discussed, this book is very pro-king and anti-king. Hmm. And that's because it's one of the books you can go to towards the editing thesis about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, in that there's probably an author of Samuel as one scroll. And then uh, there was an editor that interjected things after the, the exile. Right. Um, to show like, Hey, the Kings that brought us here, they're bad. Let's not make Kings anymore. Um, Kings let us, and you see that in Chronicles and, uh, Kings, the book of Kings and the book of Chronicles, the Kings are bad. The Kings did us, did us dirty. Admittedly, I've not done much research on this. And so I'm always very skeptical of when someone says, Oh, obvious editing. It's like, yeah, is it? No. Everyone says that. I don't know. You're right. But I would, I would say this as somebody who also doesn't like, um, the, 
documentary hypothesis. That one specifically. Um, the only books, like, I will say that there is editing to Samuel and Deuteronomy. That's where I can easily go. Right. Oh, there's something going on here. I The reason I say that is because, like, with Deuteronomy, you see it has two intros. Right. Um, and it ends differently than it should. Right. Moses um, is obviously not the one who wrote the ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Samuel was not the one that could have recorded about his birth. No. Um, well, at least his, he yeah. dies in the, in the end of the second <laughs> yeah. book. Or yeah. like halfway through the second book. Absolutely. But I don't... I would say that, yes. So, yeah. So, the editing thing, I'm not... I don't mm. want to make a big deal about the editing. What I do think, though, is that the author has a purpose yeah, to talk about kings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's emphasizing the how God is behind his king. And you'll see how he is... Israel wants a king. God's saying, no, you don't want a king yet. Mm-hmm. You don't want a king. But he makes David. So there is a king that God has in mind. And we saw that in Ruth, right? It ends with King David um, being born. Mm-hmm. Um and that's God's purpose was to bring King David about. Um, but the the theme in Samuel is that God anoints his kings. Yep. It's not the people. Okay. Right? So in the same way that Romans talks about how, yeah, we, the emperor's persecuting us, but God also made in his sovereign right. will gave that. Yeah, he gave them the sword. He gave them the sword. The authority to rule. And Peter says, honor the emperor. Right. And so like the, the rulers we have are because of God and specifically Israel's, they are anointed by God. But as we see with Saul, it gets taken away from him. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's that theme. So that's why I would say that the author has that in there because he's saying that God elects his Kings and God is the salvific. Sorry. He is sovereign over everything, which means when bad things happen, as she says, God is the one who kills God is the one who brings low. God is the one who makes poor, right? But he's also the one that makes rich, those same people. Mm -hmm. He's also the one that brings them up and he raises them up out of the dead. It's crazy Um, because that is about to happen. And some prophets do raise people from the dead. Yes, they do. But specifically one guy um, comes up later. And there's that connection with Jesus. And this is what I mean by the author might not have intended this right right the author may have had revelation by god on this instance but we don't really see much messianic um actual divine revelation until like isaiah and ezekiel and daniel um and so those guys are intending it right but we don't have any intonation that there's actual uh like they're intending to talk about jesus right because they the author probably has no idea he's talking about kings but Jesus takes from that king imagery. Yeah. There's also a lot of talk about God's character. God's like character. It. Yeah. Um, you know, just, he's just, he helps the poor and he yeah. makes the rich weak. Like, yeah. And God. life gets the final word. Yes. Yeah. That his goal is, li- he's the God of life, not of death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, um, the God of the living, not of the dead. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as Jesus says, but there's unmistakable, Jesus stuff, Rama yep. and Arimathea, Hannah, the, 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 the obedient husband and wife going to the temple, mm-hmm. right? 
having the child that ends up becoming this prophet that leads Israel out of uh, like the problems that they're in. That's very Jesus, Mary and Joseph right. themes going on there. Right. Um, and it is building a type of what Mary, Joseph and Jesus would be, but there is that same. And I think this is why, what I mean by the author might not intend it, but God intends it. Sure. Because it is the whole of it is God's word, and it's His progressive revelation over time. Yeah. As well, even 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 with authorial intent and stuff mm-hmm. included, it's talking truisms about God's character. Absolutely, things that are reflected in the New Testament as well. Mm-hmm. So when it talks about the God of salvation, the God of mm-hmm. um, of the poor, all of these things are reflected in Jesus. I, I don't know. I think it just strengthens the character of Jesus and God. In Absolutely. He's been this way the whole time. Absolutely. He doesn't change. There was no, you'll hear for the listener, you'll hear a lot of, um, why is the new Testament God so happy in the new, in the old Testament? God's so angry yep. and it's nice. No, the same guy. Yeah. Yep. A lot more conquests in the old Testament. <laughs> uh, yep. just, well, to be, f- okay. The we're conquest is my, through. We're going to get into one of my thoughts in real time just quickly. Cause I did think about this a little bit earlier. Yep is a lot of acts the book of acts sorry very wild side note <laughs> the book of acts does its structure and and the way that it talks about certain things and you, the phrasings it uses supposed to somewhat reflect the conquests of Canaan in yes Joshua there is a similarity in their actions between Joshua and Paul yep and so you have to think of if Moses is Jesus and his chief conquester. So if Moses is the prophet king, mm-hmm. right, who comes and does the freeze Israel from Egypt, which is the the new te- the Old Testament cross moment, right, right, their their resurrection, um, and then they go into the promised land, or sorry, the new world, and they start taking, yep. right, expanding out from conquering for God. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joshua is the one that does that for Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses doesn't do it. And he, and it describes where he goes, what he does, how he does it. Yep. And so there's also reflections with like, uh, Sapphira and Ananias with, mm-hmm. um, Achan. Achan. Yeah. Um, there is with, with the scales falling away from Peter, Paul's eyes, you can make an argument. I don't know how strong it is. That's similar, um, in wording to how uh, Jericho's wall, uh, um, walls fall away. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. I, I mean, there's, there's, you're going to get like wording similarities for sure. Yeah, but, but like, are those intentional is what I'm trying to say. I would say if it's a, re- if there's repeated patterns of them connecting to the book. Right. Right. So like if you have Paul compared to Joshua multiple times, mm-hmm. right. Angel comes to Paul says, Hey, you're going to do this thing for me. Angel comes to Joshua. Hey, you're going to conquer for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Do not be afraid. Why are you persecuting me? Yeah. Like, there, there's those similarities. If it already has those similarities of the the two characters, the description of them going out and conquering new land for God in the new te- in Acts, it would be Paul going out on his missionary journeys and yeah, it lists spreading the, the cities, word of God, which is spreading the kingdom, spreading the kingdom. Right? Yeah. You have those similarities. Then if you start seeing word similarities, that's on purpose. Okay. Like probably because yeah. it means that he's pulling from that pattern. It also means God's pulling from that pattern mm-hmm. as like a <laughs> very sorry for that small side rant. Well, no, but, but it's interesting. This goes to like, if Jesus's life is reflecting Samuel's, mm-hmm. it means that the author of the gospels are reflecting Samuel's um, right. story. Yep. Right. Hannah has a prayer. 
Mary has a prayer. Like, Mm -hmm. like Elizabeth has a prayer, right? So you've got a child is given by God dedicated to him for his whole life is going to die. God kills and raises up Mm -hmm. Rama and Arimathea. uh, Like you've got those connections. If that's the case, then yes, the new Testament author is taking from that old Testament. He's building the type or in this case with Jesus, it's the archetype. Um, And then, uh, and then I would argue that that's because God is sovereign and the inspirer of both texts. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah, he is, which means it's still intentional by the authors, but it means that there's also stuff that is. I'm glad it's just you and me. Cause I think <laughs> Caleb and Joel would both have something to say here. Absolutely. And they should say something about that. Yeah. But if you disagree with us, that's good. On ethereal intent. I probably disagree too. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I think that if it's God's word, Mm -hmm. then we have to take seriously that, um, God's going to say what he wants. Okay. Then since we've somewhat analyzed connected (laughs) new Testament, old Testament, how do you feel about this prayer? What what do you think of when you read it? I think it's beautiful. I agree. The reason I I think it's feel when I read read it, (laughs) uh, it also reflects Hannah and Elkanah. Yes. Their faithfulness. Mm-hmm. They, through this, she never maligns God for afflicting her, right? She she just says, hey, can is there something that can happen? Like Job, right? Right. Hey, can we, like, I know you did this, right? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, right? That same theme there, right? The Lord is the one that brings bad and brings mm-hmm. good. Um, but hey, can we not, can I, can I not suffer anymore, <laughs> please? Right. And Hannah, the same thing. Hey, can I just not suffer? I'd rather have a kid. And one of the themes of the old Testament is God remembers. God remembers. Yeah. Send a whale. And that's, that's beautiful. And that's the opening to the book of Samuel Mm -hmm. is Israel cries out. God hears Samuel cries out. God hears David cries out. God hears he's, Mm -hmm. He's playing in their lives. He's part of their lives. He's working out their salvation even when they don't see it, mm-hmm. right? Hannah doesn't know that she's the bearer of the prophet, right? Right, But God knows. And just like with Ruth, how the story of Ruth and Boaz, God is providing a king before Israel even knows they want one, right? Yep. And so he's providing Samuel. She doesn't know that, in her distress that there's a reason why God is doing this. It's because at an appointed time, there will be a prophet that Israel needs mm-hmm. um, to bring about those Kings. And it's, it just means that yeah. Yeah. God's over it all. And yeah. her prayer reflects that too. And yeah. The story of Samuel reflects that too. And the story, list the books of Samuel reflect yeah. that too. And we will get on that continuously. Yeah. Cause to be continued, to be continued. Um, we should probably close it off now though, right? I think so. We've let God have the final word. <laughs> God always has the final word. <laughs> Hence Hannah's prayer. Um, yeah. So Colton, like at the beginning of the episode, we have Spotify, YouTube, yep. social media. We don't have a Twitter because Twitter sucks. I mean, we, we do have a Twitter. We just don't use it. Yeah. We've never used it once. <laughs> I hate Twitter so much. Um, we have social media. You guys should check out our episodes, previous episodes. Check out our Jonah episode we talked about yeah. uh, and the Nahum episode with that. Check out our episodes on Ruth 
that if you haven't listened to those. Anything that intrigues you, don't have to listen to them in order. Some people <laughs> really like to, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. Some of our early stuff can be ignored, uh, but... Well, find something that interests you. Absolutely. Engage with us if you want. Just absolutely. Send us comments, go to our website, send us some message, check yep. out our other stuff there. Check out our book review. I think we're going to have a... If we don't have one already, we will have a book review on Screw Table Letters. Yes. Um, check that out. Uh, this episode is uh, winding down, and I want to just end it. Just end it. Yeah, just end it. Press the button, Colton. <laughs>